0: Hello and welcome to SG Squared. Steve Gladen, global small groups pastor at Saddleback Church, pulls from his 20-plus years of small group ministry experience to encourage and equip listeners
1: to lead more effective small group ministry. Sit back, learn, and enjoy SG Squared with Steve Gladen. Welcome to SG Squared, Steve Gladen, on small groups. Derek here with your other host, uh, the man the myth, the legend, Steve Gladen. Steve, how you doing, man? Hey,
0: everybody. It's great to. Have- be on this on this episode. So excited about what we're going to be presenting to you. This is something that uh, I have a, a great passion for. Can't do it well at all. That's why we got some great hosts on here that can make it happen. But it's probably one of the frontiers that most churches overlook in just a community and evangelism. So super pumped uh, about this show. And Derek, uh, I mean, I know that we've talked about doing this type of show. Uh, so but it's exciting just to see it come
1: come around We finally got enough money to pay these special guests <laughs> and make this episode happen so I'm excited uh, we're talking about five steps to start a workplace ministry and uh, I'm really excited about these two guests because these are two guys I'm fans of that I got to know during my days at Saddleback where Great leaders. So, uh, Steve, why don't you tee this up?
0: Yeah. Happy to get this going. So, uh, one of our guests is Ron Kelleher. He comes out of corporate, uh, PG and E or uh, PNG and G. I mean, I don't know where the E came from uh, there, Ron, but we'll get it. He is, uh, I, I love to call him a pastor. He volunteers probably more than most of our pastors do. Feels a call to ministry, uh, was one of those guys that, uh, we convinced to come out of retirement and give Jesus everything. But he helped found our workplace ministry back in 1992 and has, has put hundreds and hundreds of hours. And you're going to see in this show how he's helped create a resource that uh, will, will give you curriculum, more curriculum than you can ever imagine for you to get a workplace ministry going. And beside him and hopefully... Uh, you know, is beside him. I don't know how it's going to show up on the screens, but it's uh, Mark Grunden. He's our pastor on staff that helps oversee the workplace ministry. Uh, Mark, is, uh Mark, how long have you been on staff now? He was Saddleback for six years. Crazy, but Mark has been doing a lot with our language-based groups and just about wherever else we need him. But workplace is a super huge passion of his, and he and Ron are going to help unpack these. Uh, Five Steps for Your Church to Make a Workplace Ministry Happen. Uh, Both these guys uh, are on staff uh, at Saddleback and uh, making it happen. And um, Mark, what's the best way for them to reach you on this particular show?
2: Yeah, the best way is via email. You can reach me at markg at saddleback.com. It's markg at
0: saddleback.com. And Ron, on your side of the fence?
3: I am Ron K, uh R-O-N-K, at saddlebackvolunteer.com. Yeah,
0: so it's exciting. And you guys are going to want to, uh, you know, we'll put their emails in the show notes along with the uh, notes that we have uh, for this podcast, because you're going to want to go back and research it. Because like I said before, this is one of the great frontiers in small group ministry that you want to tackle and you want to make happen, because more people are going to be spending more time in the workforce than they do at your church or probably doing uh, ministry at your church. And so without further ado, I would love to start getting this going. And uh, let me go through. we we got five steps that we're going to be talking through here. The first one we're going to talk about is clarifying vision uh, for your workplace ministry. And um, Mark and Ron, I want you both to speak to this and i'll let you guys duke it out for how you want to unpack this particular point.
1: Well
2: that's great. Steve, I'll start off us here. You know, back in 2022, i took leadership over the workplace ministry, we're calling it the workplace community here mm. at Saddleback Church. And you know, we're coming out of covid, so we had, you know, we had a new hybrid work environments, we had uh, you know, some people were working fully remote. We had something called the great resignation where in yeah. 2021, there was a heightened level of people resigning from their jobs. So it was a really a new kind of frontier for just the professional space. And so as I stepped into the role to, to serve, I wanted to ensure that our ministry was really connecting with the needs of our people. And so we did, uh, you know, we did focus groups and did a research, we, uh, we surveyed our the members of our church and it came back really clearly the four components of what our workplace ministry needed to do, what people were looking for, ever since nineteen ninety two, Saddleback has been, you know, very aware of of wanting to empower our members to live on mission, to to engage, to live out the purposes that God has for us within their workplace, yeah. and so to do that, as we're encouraging our members to do, uh, you know, what what did they need? And so this survey came back very clear for us, and that's really been the four pillars that we've been centering our, our ministry around number one is their their great need for community there in their workplace mm. and so a lot of people saddle back as a church of small groups and and so the, many of our people already had a sense of community but that was around family their personal life but not around their work and so for our the professionals of our church for people that are highly engaged in their workplace they didn't have a sense of community for people to encourage them and living out their christian life there at work so that was number one number two uh, what we found is that there was a great desire for resources and knowing, you know, uh, w- what does it look like to to actually form community in our in our workplace? How do I discern what God's vision and desire is for my life? How do I, you know, how do I share my faith with a colleague in a practical way? So we decided, and we'll share a little bit later, some of those resources that we put together. A third element in terms of what we really were clearly uh, wanting to deliver was stories of of. Uh, stories of, and models of faith at work. You know, a lot of people don't know many Christians at work or when they do, they just know them on a professional level. Mm. So, we started a podcast to, to, and and in our events trying to draw those stories out. And lastly, people are looking for Christian advice. You know, how do we, uh, how do we engage, uh, people are dealing with issues every day at their work and they're wanting to handle them. They're wanting to lead in a Christ-like way, but you know, who can give them counsel? So, what this In all of that, our ministry really hinged around the sense of community, because when it comes to resources and Bible studies, when it comes to models of faith, when it comes to advice, all of that can happen within the context of a Christian community within their workplace. So out of the gate, right away, we started focusing on how do we help create communities, of, uh, places of community, places of Christian community within people's places of work. And so, that's really become the driving focus for us in terms of the vision. Our our heart is how do we help connect and engage people within Christian community at their place of work.
0: Now we we, we may have the vision and uh, and we want to do that, but to both you guys, is, is that legal?
2: You know, uh, in coming out of the in twenty twenty this the the summer that was set America on fire with the the riots and George Floyd, there was government mandates that came through. And before 2020, Christian clubs or Bible studies at work were typically always underground. There were something private, people were unsure about it, Mm -hmm. but now there's really a movement of God happening within corporate America. And what can happen, regardless of how small or large your organization is, there is a framework, a government mandate that allows for Christian communities to function and to meet, oftentimes even sponsored by the the company. It's called employee resource groups. It's underneath the diversity, equity, and inclusion mandate that our government has. And so we have diversity groups such as LGBT and um, re- religious groups such as Jewish and Muslim groups, and Christians can fit under that and, and have full freedom to be able to meet and, and gather together. Okay, great. You know, as pastors, one of the things that when I think through this is why this is a ministry that's typically overlooked is because we're very focused on the weekend and bringing and ministering to people there at a weekend in the context of our church. Also, you know, it, when we are ministering to people, typically in the context of our four church walls, like in our church building, on our church presence. Mm-hmm. And so we have actually, and so when it comes to workplace ministry and encouraging people that will live out their faith at work, sometimes that feels a little bit of a disconnect. But what we are, what most pastors are, are, Uh, need to be aware of is that there is a large segment of the congregation that is unengaged in the ministries of their church Mm. because just like just like i as a pastor feel called to the pastorate and to call to the work of ministry in a professional sense so many of the leaders the dynamic leaders and visionaries of of our congregation feel that same sense of god's calling and direction direction into the workplace And they're formidable leaders, but they're giving, you know, 50, 60, 80 hours of their week there in those places and the margin to be a good family person, family, you know, husband and wife and mom and dad, and yet still give themselves that work and then be a part of ministry. There's oftentimes this great sense of tension. So what we're going to walk through today is really to help uh, help pastors understand how to engage a, a significant segment of their congregation, instead of seeing them that we are sending... Instead of seeing them as a disengaged or not engaged into the ministries of our church, these leaders that are in the workplace are, are, are looking for their church to encourage them and to commission them as an extension of their church into their places of work. And if we were to do that, not only do we have higher engagement on weekend, higher engagement in the ministries of our church, but there is this direct connection into the places where many people uh, will never step foot in the, the door of our church. So it's really exciting what we're, what we're seeing unfold here at our church today.
0: Ron, what would you add to that part of the, of the vision piece? Uh,
3: well, I think one of the key things that probably is a barrier for some pastors, uh, churches in establishing a workplace ministry is not realizing what a huge opportunity it really is to reach people for Christ. Uh, Before the COVID days, uh, we had the opportunity to do a pretty significant research project, and it it fell into two pieces. There there was a quantitative uh, piece of research where we actually surveyed several thousand of the Saddleback participants, uh, mostly members, Mm -hmm. and one of the things we found, which was kind of a surprise to us when we asked about how do you feel about the importance of integrating your faith at the workplace? 95% of the people we surveyed said, this is important. We want to be able to do this. We think our role as Christians includes our ability to integrate our faith in the workplace. However, 85% of them said, we don't know how we don't know how to get started. And a significant portion uh, said, we're afraid. We're afraid that that it's going to impact our careers Mm -hmm. if we come out as Christians. We're afraid we'll do it wrong. We're afraid we'll be judged. And so part of our understanding from this quantitative research was that we absolutely had this opportunity to help Convince people that there was a great opportunity to create a workplace ministry. But secondly, it was real obvious that to be successful, we were going to have to have training and tools and resources so that people in the workplace would feel like they had everything they needed to be successful. And coming off of that quantitative research, we then did a number of interviews that were qualitative research where our researcher actually sat down with a number of people and did uh, individual surveys and studies, discussions, and really kind of filled that learning out. And, it, and the qualitative research just absolutely backed up the quantitative research, that people absolutely believe it's their part of their responsibility as Christians to integrate their faith in work, but they are afraid to do it because they don't really know how to do it, and they're afraid they're going to do it wrong. So that became the foundation upon which we started to rebuild this ministry prior to COVID. Mm. And then of course COVID came along and, and kind of put the brakes on everything we could do to develop. But as we saw COVID winding down and Mark had stepped into the role as the pastor leading the, the effort, he then started out on a new phase of research. Mark, why don't you kind of bring everybody up to date on the research that happened post-COVID?
2: Yeah, the research uh, in regards to that was, was really uh, tr- trying to identify you know what was most important. And it comes out to those four pillars that were mentioned earlier. Uh, it really hinged around that sense of community. So when we When we asked people, do you want to do a Bible study at your office? You know, most, almost everyone said no. But when we reframe that as, are you desiring Christian community within your place of work? It was nine out of 10 people
0: said, that's something that I'm looking for. So, so, a little shift in how you said the same thing.
2: And and I think when we began to tease into that and ask individuals, well, what did you mean by that? I think oftentimes the idea of of a Bible study was... It's just an, just an old understanding of a closed group of people that were just to themselves and didn't really have interactions and, and engagement within the company overall. It was like a little cloister of individuals. But Christian community was a little bit more vibrant and outward-focused, and that is what really drew people together. Gotcha. So when it comes to from, from the research that we did pre-COVID to the ones that we did afterwards— Really, the uh, in an encouragement to pastors looking to start a workplace ministry, just know that the research has been done. And all that research for you is is intending to say that there is a, a, a heightened desire from the people of your church that are looking to fully engage their faith in their place of work. They work in these places many long hours, and, and not begrudgingly, many people love the work that they do, and, but yet they have this disconnect between a desire to serve the Lord and and uh, and and have spending so much time in their place of work. And so my encouragement to you is just to clarify that vision of these are not people that we are, are trying to convince uh, to be engaged in the ministry and the work of our church. They're already convinced. Our role is in the vision that we have is to commission them to be an extension of our church, to be leaders of our church in their places uh, that they work at. Um, and they are ready to take up that call.
1: What I love about the work Ron and Mark that you guys are doing in leading this dynamic ministry is it's kind of like you shared earlier, Mark, it's taking church, it's taking ministry beyond the four walls. And really, I mean, it seems like the last 20 years or so more than ever, you know, as everything, um, it seems like almost so many things in culture are chains, right? Like everything is becoming, um, more centralized. And so, it's like church becomes this one-stop shop, you know, come and we'll do everything. We'll teach your kids, we'll teach the teens, we'll get everybody saved. Just bring your friends, we'll get them saved. I love how what you're doing with the workplace ministry is so missional. It's like it's like, no, go be a light in the workplace. Start a small group in the workplace. And like you said, there's so many sharp people that maybe couldn't get involved in leading uh, something in the church, but man, in their workplace, if you give them the tools, they will. So I love this. So five steps to start a workplace ministry. So you've got clarifying the vision or clarify the vision. And uh, number two in the notes here, you've got create a leadership team. So let's say a church is ready to do this. They're getting a vision. How do they begin to start creating a leadership team? You know, we had a,
2: a... and our we call our foyer our patio an outdoor uh, venue at our church and so when people come out uh, we're out there engaging with individuals and I had an individual that came up and I knew his wife and so I just started engaging with him really curious about his work background and his career turns out this gentleman uh, had spent you know a career working with one of the largest uh, airline manufacturers in our country and uh, had oversaw a lot of the development that happened in that manufacturing facility that ran 24 hours a day, six fuselages that they were building simultaneously. I was just fascinated by the, 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 the level he was, in, he was responsible for the miracle of flight. And I'm just, I'm just wowed by his entire career. And, uh, and then he's turned to me and said, Mark, you know, um, Thanks so much for having such great interest in me. But in reality, I'm I'm like I look up to guys like you that have such a noble career that are you know serving God and with where they're at. Wow. And what I find is, and I was just kind of like I was crushed by that statement because here he is and it's such a place of influence, and yet he uh, feels disengaged and that his work is is secondary to some of the things that we do within our church. When people come like him to, to serve and he was serving at our church, our church usually does one of two things. We hand people either a parking jacket or a cup of coffee because our hospitality team and our parking team just desperately always need volunteers to be a part of it. But what we find here is that these individuals that have careers that are leaders in their own right they're they oftentimes when they get engaged in those ministries don't stick because it it just doesn't feel like it is tapping into the skills the, the the passions the the connections that they have to be able to offer our church so when it's when we started uh, when we started engaging with individuals that were business people, starting with the men's ministry, going to the women's ministry, just connecting with people, sharing this vision in little clusters. There was just a, a, an immense amount of interest that immediately came from it. And, and so, then we just started doing the invite. Would you like to help us pilot this idea? Like We have this idea of wanting to encourage people to live out their faith at work um, and, and to form community in places of work, uh, the, the places that they work. Do you want to be a part of this? What we found is that People were have just gravitated to it, and have been drawn to it because here comes an opportunity for them to to serve in an area that they feel so much tension yet so much passion for. Like Ron had mentioned, you know, do you do you want to uh, integrate your faith in your work and live out your faith there? Ninety percent of the people said they do. 80, 85% of the people say, I have no idea how to do it. So, the desire to engage in this comes so easy. So, you just start inviting people and then finding ways for them to be able to serve in the area of expertise. Many of these people are strategic thinkers and they can give great advice to be able to how to scale and build uh, the the small fledgling ministry that we have. They just need the opportunity to speak advice into something. So, that's how it really began for us.
0: So, what what would be some of the practical ways to, to do that? I know the people who are listening, they could very easily find some workplace people. But what what do you want them to do? I mean, what do you want them to do on this team?
3: Well, I think one place to start, um, because this is, this is really what Mark did as he started diving into this second phase, is uh, he and I took a bunch of business leaders out to lunch or out for coffee. And, and, you know, one leader will know another leader and you'll start to get this resume list of names of people to chat with and just keep keep going to lunches and taking people to coffee and finding out what are your needs in the workplace. What, what we found that was important for the area that we're in may or may not be, you know, exact match for what some of the pastors in your audience are facing. So I would say Take some of your business people out to lunch. Grab a coffee with them. Talk to them about what it's like in the workplace for them. Try and understand, suss out what are your pain points? How would you like to be able to integrate your faith in the workplace? What do you need to be able to do it? It will become really quickly apparent which people are really focused on. Hey, I want to dive in and I want to help. I'm a strategic thinker, I'm a planner. Um, as, as Mark and I went to lunches, Mark had, had this genius ability of being able to find people that had all kinds of backgrounds and were excited to step in and help us. You know, there's, there's one guy that, that is a strategic planner and he knows processing back and forwards and he can do that kind of work. He was an expert in mentoring. Another guy is uh, an expert in software development and several folks, in fact, were experts in that kind of stuff. So they all have these areas of expertise that they're like, please, somebody ask me to leverage my expertise to help you build this kingdom ministry. I'll volunteer to do that. And it was, as Mark said, a really simple ask because most of the time they'd like to be able to leverage their expertise in a way that will really help build the kingdom and be meaningful. And it's not that there's anything wrong or less important about some of the other jobs, but these guys have invested thousands of hours in building expertise in a career. And now we're coming along and saying, hey, would you use that expertise and help us? People love to be able to do that. Wow.
2: I think at the beginning stage, when we're immobilizing a team of volunteers, especially when we have no events to call people to and no activities, uh, and to, to, to cast a vision from, and then invite people after the vision has been cast. It really starts with taking interest to know, as Ron had said, what's happening and where is their angst and be able to draw that out. And when they identify that, the conversation goes like, what do you think it could be? You know, what would you hope that, you know, our church could come alongside of you and people like you to support you in that? then they begin to share some more. And then you just turn to make the next ask, would you like to be a part of that? I don't know how this is going to grow. I don't know what's our next step, but I'd love for you to consider uh, being a part of a team that's helping me figure that out. And oftentimes when, uh, when we don't have the solution immediately, but we are identifying a tangible need that's in their life and inviting them to help solve it with us, these are business people in particular are like, they're, they're, they're problem solvers. and what they do every day. And so, for them to be a part of this journey with you as the pastor is such a fortunate opportunity for them. So, just believe in that.
0: Yeah, and of course, as you start to uh, expand the ministry, as we're going to talk about in the next three points, you can quickly mobilize the volunteers. Again, five steps to starting a workplace ministry, if you're just joining us. We have two of the Saddleback pastors on board, Mark Grundon and Ron Kelleher. You can see their bios and the way to connect with them in the show notes. You can also view the show notes from what we're talking about on this show. We're talking about five steps to a workplace ministry. We talked about clarifying the vision, and I'm assuming, guys, that's from people who work from McDonald's to McDonald Douglas, uh, and you know, making sure that that vision goes from all people in all work capacities uh, across anything from mom and pop places to corporates. Some of their examples have been in the corporation, but it, this plays out to all of them. So you got to clarify the vision and cast that vision. Number two was create a leadership team because you're going to need a leadership team to take you onto this next thing, which is, you know, convene a launch event. So I know that you guys have done some launch events. Can you start to unpack what that would look like for the uh, people who are listening?
2: I'll answer that one. And I, and I think it really comes down to three simple components. Number 1 is to be able to cast that vision. Okay. Number 2 is to share testimonies of people that have experienced what we're talking about, mm. and number 3 is to make the invite. And what we're doing out for the launch event is really seeding the idea that this there's more to come and we're figuring this out, but we know that this is a is a need and we, we would love for you to participate. So our launch event is, is really intended to be able to grow that leadership team and to be able to, to set the tone for what our ministry is gonna be doing in the future. And so uh, it, it begins with a handful of people or it begins with whoever decides to show up. This is really where I say, Lord, whoever you want to be here, that you think is, is needed to be here, help us connect with those individuals. And so being prayerful about it and then bringing that, it might be a small room. It might be in, you know, in the worship center, uh, because you have great marketing and communication skills to draw people there, the size isn't so important, but what is important is that you're identifying what you understand is the need and your desire as a pastor to come beside them and empower them in the places that they are, are, they're engaged in every day, you know, every day of the work week.
0: Now, Mark, secondly, then yeah. No, go ahead.
2: Secondly, my, my comment on there is, is I don't want to speak just as a pastor. Now, I specifically, as an individual, I've had corporate and uh, entrepreneurial business experience in my past. Many pastors don't. And and the importance isn't that the pastor is saying, hey, I have the solutions and I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But really, we're trying to uh, emotionally identify with them. And the best way to do that is to bring that small cluster of one or two people or even a panel of individuals that you, you've had those individual Uh, uh, coffees and lunches with up on stage to be able to engage with them because not everybody is going to be able to connect with you as a pastor or not everybody's going to be able to catch the vision that you're trying to accomplish. But when they see themselves through another person on stage or through somebody that they admire or somebody they can relate with, expressing the same angst that they feel in their workplace and the same passion that they share, then they are 100% likely to to accept that invite. And that's point three. Yeah. As a pastor, then we just want to say, hey, we want to bring a team together to make this happen. And and we'd love for you to be a part of it and stay. And if you're not able to, no problem. We'd love for you to stay connected with us through our communication channels that we're, we're opening and creating today.
0: One of the things that we'll put in the show notes is a link to uh, an, an event that uh, Mark and Ron had just put on uh, here at Saddleback Church. And it'll give you an idea of connecting the words that Mark was saying in this third point into how it fleshed out uh, that you can see that that happening. And, of course, both these guys are more than happy to talk to you and work through any of those, those questions that you may have.
1: Any other uh, info on point three, guys, or do you want to jump to the next point four?
3: Let me uh, just add one thing, just to to reinforce Mark's point. Remember that 95% of the people when we surveyed uh, them uh, said, hey, we want to know how to integrate our faith in the workplace. It's important. We recognize that. So of the people that are in your congregation that are working, which is probably the vast majority of the folks out in the pews, they're working. 95% of them said they want to be able to integrate their faith in the work, but they're afraid to do it. They don't know how to do it. That's where this launch event can start to answer those questions. You cast the vision and you say, we know that you think this is important. We know you're a little concerned about how to go do it. We're going to help answer those questions as we build this ministry. And the people, the 95% that are interested in integrating their faith, they're the ones that will be there.
1: All right. The uh, launch event is, sounds very similar to the Saddleback um, small group campaign launch events, right? Where you, in a sense, are capturing a lot of you're, – you're getting all this energy and you're capturing all the hosts. Like, I think back to the small group acronym Steve you guys came up with for host. Instead of recruiting everybody, hey, we need small group leaders, and all these people are freaked out about being called a leader – you changed it up and you said, actually, we're just going to call you hosts, right? Which stands for, um, heart for people, open your home, serve a snack, right? Turn on the TV or something like that. And people hear that and they're like, I can do that. I've got a heart for people. I can open my home. So I love how you're kind of saying this is very similar. Um, they have the heart to reach people in their workplace. It's just how you package it. So let's say a church is on board. They're excited. They're catching the vision. Um, they're creating a leadership team. They've got a launch event. How do you then empower them with uh, all the resources you guys have compiled?
3: Well, one of the things that we found is there are resources out there, uh, mm-hmm. but they weren't targeting the people in a way that was really effective for the average person trying to build a workplace group. Mm. A lot of what was out there that we found was academic. And so if you're, you know, a seminary professor, this resonates with you. But it really wasn't helpful for the average guy, uh, you know, sitting in an office cube somewhere trying to figure out how do I lead a small group? How do I build one? So that was an issue. The other issue that we found was is that if you're a senior leader in a big business, There are organizations out there, they charge $500 a month or $1,000 a month, some are even more, and they help to meet the needs of those senior executives. But for the vast majority of people out there, there were very few resources that were really targeted just for the guy that wants to build a small group in his workplace, that really wants to integrate his faith and build a community of faith in his workplace, So one of the things that we recognized is this is a major pain point. We've recognized this for a long time at Saddleback that, you know, the pastor's message, as good as it is, is generally does not convert into the workplace very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Somebody that wants to build uh, a small group study is going to have to spend some time and energy to re-equip and and regenerate the pastor's message in order to make it relevant for the workplace. And sometimes that's more time and energy or expertise than they feel that they have. So that was the major pain point for a lot of folks trying to build a small group in a workplace. So what we did is we set out to create a a library of curriculum, and we've got it housed on a website called worklifebiblestudy.org, and there we've got 109 Bible study courses with about a thousand lessons. So if you take off a couple of weeks a year for vacation, uh, we've got enough material there to keep a small group going for about 20 years. Um, And and we'll probably want some more material (laughs) over time. But these are specifically designed to be leveraged into the small group in a workplace. They're designed to be done in 45 minutes to 60 minutes. All the readings are are focused on workplace kinds of issues. All the discussion questions are workplace design discussion questions. So the host can grab one of these and download the training notes. They can download the study notes. There's fill-in notes for the participants. There's everything there that somebody needs to be able to conduct a study. You just take it off the shelf, download the PDF, and you can start your study tomorrow. When you're all done with the study, there's even certificates of completion that you can print with your name on it and the course that you took and pin it up on your wall.
0: Man, Ron, when when I first saw this site, I, I was just blown away. Uh, worklifebiblestudy.org, again, for those of you that are listening. And the thing that I love about this is one of our great learnings in the earlier years was that you know people don't have time. And so really that 40 minute mark, 45 minutes was one of those things that if they want to do a little bit of a study before, uh, they, they get together at, you know, before the work shift starts or at, at their meal break or at the end, it just gives them a great opportunity to do that. So, I mean, one of the exciting things about this ministry is that, uh, this is all for free and I mean, you're not going to get too many places where curriculum is Free, for free. And so super exciting. Ron, you got anything else? Mark, anything else on the study resources?
2: What we found and, and just when we debuted this at our recent faith at work summit that we held earlier, a couple months ago, is that just the the amount of page views and engagement on there were just blew us away in terms of, of volume. Um, and that is, I think, is a testament to the great need that people have to find relevant content. And uh, you know, it's just been a pleasure for us to, to to see that need, to fill that need, and to be able to offer that to, to others as amazing. they pursue creating community, a uh, Christian community, and, and around studies that help them grow as better business leaders, as better organizational people, uh, there at their place of work
0: awesome. Well, we talked about clarifying vision, create a leadership team, convene a launch event. It's going to be a big step of faith for you guys, but it's, uh, the event will draw people who are excited to maybe do a study at their work environment. And of course, then we just talked about, you got to have resources if you're going to be doing gatherings and those are right there. Let's bring it home with continue with training. When you're talking about continued education for uh, these people who are stepping out Either helping with your events or doing studies at, at their work environment, what type of trainings are you talking about? What have you guys found that's been most useful and most beneficial for the players?
2: You know, uh, we, one of the there's an organization that's a Fortune 500 company that we have uh, engaged with their small group. The number of small groups that they have—they have over 2,000 Christians that gather together, uh, not physically, but in small groups. So there's 2,000 small group members that are a part of of this this corporation. And when they were getting started, uh, they were initially just Bible studies, just winging it, just trying to figure out what to do. Um, and then they began to look at you know the small group network resources. And they found that the principles that are here in small group network was the exact principles that they could build upon and even scale uh, a community of two thousand small group members. Mm. So when we talk about uh, there, there's two types of activities that our ministry is really a part of. Number one, it's empowering them to be effective small group leaders in their places of work, or uh, and 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 the resources that are here at the small group network, the principles apply directly. And so, what we're doing with our individuals is taking them through the content and the training manuals that we have here at the Small Group Network. That's number one. Mm. Number two, the other aspect is really um, how do we continue to engage and encourage people to be a part of these communities at their workplace? If our church is connected to multiple different different, uh, companies, how are we trying to encourage those types of faith communities and small groups to happen there? Well, we're trying to continue to, to, to draw our members of our church together to cast that vision and to encourage them. Mm-hmm. And so the second thing that we do is larger events or mid-size events around felt-need topics, You know, um, whether it's training or whether it's testimonials or whether we have just an, like a, a, a great business leader that's coming in uh, or is a part of our church or somebody that's visiting in the area, we try to be opportunistic to say, hey, would you be willing to 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 speak to our group of people we gather people around and then promote the resources and the small group opportunities that they can start there at their
3: workplace awesome ron you got anything I, th- I think one of the important things to remember is, Pastor, you don't have to do all this work yourself. Mm. You've got a leadership team of incredibly talented business people who know a lot of other incredibly talented business people. So there's resources out there that are incredibly gifted people that want to use their gifts for the kingdom, and they're waiting for somebody to ask them to serve. Yeah. And if you've built a leadership team like we suggested in point number two, then you've got a group of folks that are already around you that have expertises in a variety of things that could be really relevant to the larger audience. So to Mark's point, there's an opportunity to have large-scale events. There's an opportunity to have smaller-scale events. There's maybe an opportunity to do some kind of mentoring. There's opportunities with social media to push short messages out via social media, there's all kinds of venues we have in this world of connectedness that we have today that we can leverage opportunities to provide training in everything from tiny little 30-second nuggets on Facebook or LinkedIn into two, three, or even four-hour conferences that you might hold once or twice a year. But again, you don't have to do it all yourself because you've got this leadership team who you've built and they'll come alongside and help to build these things with you. Wow.
0: So I hear you start small and just go with who you got, but continually cast that vision because that workforce you have at your church uh, is is big and it's a sleeping giant that you want to wake up in a powerful way. So um, five great steps on what to do. So Derek.
1: What a great episode, uh, Mark, Ron, thank you so much for joining us today. And for all the time you've put into building this ministry and just the resources, uh, everybody give us that website again, uh, Ron
3: work, Everybody
1: listening, look that up, bookmark it. And, um, steal these resources because they've put a lot of time into it. And like Steve said, there's not a lot of places you're going to find dynamic resources that are free like this. And um, guys, again, it's inspirational. I love how you're making church uh, 3d missional, yeah. taking it to the streets beyond the four walls. And uh, especially like you, you said previously, Mark, in this post COVID world, I mean, who knows what could come in the next winter or the next Emergency, you know, with the way so many churches did shut down um, and people are out in the world, in the workplace, might as well have ministry going on, right? That's right. Love it. So thanks again, guys. And um, for everybody listening, make sure to check the show notes. We're going to have um, their five key points and all the details listed. And um, guys, give give your emails again in case people want to contact you and just get any more information again.
2: Yeah, we'll have this in the show notes, but my email is markg, as in Grundon, G at saddleback.com. Our ministry page for our, that has training, has Examples of what we do for our meetups, links to more of our large events it's for you just to have a window into that is saddleback.com slash workplace. That's saddleback.com slash workplace. On there, you also have a link to our podcast. And on our podcast, what we do through there is really just interview uh, practitioners, business people that have lived this out. And it's just really more of an inspiration and encouragement to you. Ron?
3: My email is Ron K for Kellehert at saddlebackvolunteer.com.
2: It's great. And the the website for him is is worklifebiblestudy.org.
1: Great resources. And that's so cool about the podcast. Everybody go subscribe to that podcast as well. And um, guys, thanks again. And until next time, thanks everybody for spending part of your day with us. We'll see you next month.
3: Thank you for
2: listening to Steve Gladen on Small Groups. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out
0: smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.